So, uh, I have a friend named Jim. He's an ex-pastor. Actually, he still does the verb. He just doesn't do the noun. And he doesn't like church much. As far as institutions, sometimes when we, when we think about systemic evil, our response is, what's the church supposed, is, I mean, what, what is the church going to do? And we think that it's a systemic solution. And we forget, <clears throat> this, is, this is Robert Capon with a Paul Young twist. And it's Paul Young twist because I can't remember the quote exactly. <laughs> a community is that community, uh, ch- the church is that community of, of people who have an opportunity to express and bear witness to what is already true for everybody. And I love that. Well, Jim, he goes on eBay, and he finds that this atheist is selling his soul on the internet auction site. And so he decides to try to buy an atheist soul. And he did. He bought it for 504 bucks. It's a recession. And... Uh, <clears throat> Um, and part of the deal was that this atheist who had posted his soul on, the, on eBay had said that, you know, for every 10 bucks somebody pays for my soul, I will spend an hour in the church of their choice. Now, Jim's the perfect person to buy an atheist soul. And Hemet uh, Meta. Well, this particular atheist has a really good friend who's also an atheist named Matt Casper. And Matt actually picks up the challenge. And so he and Jim spent the next whole bunch, of, whole bunch of time traveling around the United States visiting different kind of churches, institutional systems, Catholic, Protestant, charismatic, uh, uh, very traditional, uh, high church, low church, whatever. And then they wrote a book together called Matt, uh, no, uh, Jim and Casper Go to Church. And you can find it. It's at your bookstore. And uh, so I got invited to this writer's conference in San Diego. Uh, and and if, if you knew me at all, you'd knew, you would know how funny this whole thing is. Because, you know, now that I'm, I'm a published author that, thanks to the God's sense of humor, becomes a phenomenon. So now I'm an expert. And, uh, and not only am I an expert on writing, I'm a celebrity. So I'm an expert on pretty much everything. So, right, so I, you want to know about quantum physics or if you want to know about global warming, I'm your guy. And uh, it's just hilarious that you go like, I'm, I'm over here with you going like, really? I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And my, my kids are going like, what? <laughs> my girls told me, Dad, you have so ruined the idea of celebrity for us. It's just like... <laughs> So, but I get invited to this writer's conference, and I don't know how to talk about really anything except like, let me tell you about becoming a child. It took me 50 years because I never was one as, when I was little. And let me tell you about living inside the grace of a day and um, all this. Well, at this conference, Matt Casper comes because he wants to meet me because he's Jim's friend, and he loved the shack. So he comes, and the first thing he says to me when we meet is, Paul, I want you to know I'm an unbeliever. I said, no, you're not. 
He goes, I am. I said, no, you're not. He goes, I am so. You know, like I totally offended him or something. And, and I said, look, you know, I'm part of the family that have created that category. Trust me, most of us are still struggling with belief. And none of us have found the believometer, you know, that thing that tells you that you've got, finally got enough so that you're kind of, you know, cross the gulf and you're in. I said, look, belief is an activity, not a category. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, ah, just tell me what you believe in. What do you actually believe? He said, you want to know what I believe? He says, nobody asked me about what I believe. I'm the atheist. Right? They're always interested in what I don't believe. No, no, I said, I want to know what you believe. He goes, oh, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe, I, I believe in the love that I have for my, my children. He said, you know, Paul, I, I didn't know I had this kind of love until I had my own children. I didn't know. He said, and these are the words he used, I would step in front of a bullet, no questions. I said, well, so you're telling me this is not like romantic sort of love. This is something other than that. So um, he said, you know, when my children are sick, I'd trade places with them. I'd take it. He said, so could you, could you say that this kind of love is self-giving and other-centered? He goes, that's exactly what it is. That's the classic understanding of agape, right? You have a circle of three who are self-giving and other-centered, and oneness becomes a celebration of the other without the loss of self. The Holy Spirit never becomes Jesus, and the Holy Spirit doesn't come to Jesus to add anything to him but to celebrate him. Other-centered self-giving. He said, that's exactly what it is. Now, I knew that he was into quantum theory and stuff like that, so I, and, and loves nature. So tell me about what you think about life. And he launches for 15 minutes into one of the most beautiful presentations of the elegance of the natural order. Then I asked him, oh, could someone relate to your children in a way that's wrong? And he said, absolutely. Good word for an atheist, absolutely. <laughs> he said, yes. I said, look, you know, you told me you're an unbeliever. So far, you believe in love, not just any kind, but other-centered self-giving. You believe in, in life and you believe in truth. He says, I know what you're doing. I said, no. We're all in this, in this journey. When, he, when we, we talked two hours and he gave me a hug at the end and Jim's standing next to us and as Matt walks away, Jim says to me, Matt just gave you the greatest compliment I have ever heard him give another human being. I said, because I heard what he said. Because what Jim said, um, what Matt said to me was, you know, Paul, 
I'm just thrilled to know that you exist. He believes in me. <laughs> and he believes in the way that I loved him. Because I, I didn't say, let me drag you into my little box here. I said, let me, tell me what's already happening here. Acts 2. The Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. John 14. Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you three things. John 14, 20. Take the whole Bible, squeeze it to one drop. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you three things. I, Jesus, I am in my Father. One, I am in you. That was three. Two, you're in me. Sit there and let that begin to percolate. These are the three things the Holy Spirit is going to open your eyes to see. I get a call from Matt not that long ago, and he said, Hey, Paul, Jim and I are writing another book called Saving Casper. Just want you to know I'm still an atheist. But would you consider writing the foreword? I said, yeah. I mean, how often do you get an invitation to write a foreword for an atheist? So I wrote the foreword, and it was a Christian publisher that was publishing it, and they had more problems with my foreword than they had with the entire book. And... <laughs> And you've got to understand, one of the chapters is, I know you're a nice guy, but you're still going to hell. You know, I think it's, you seem to be a nice guy, but you're still going to hell. That was one of their chapters. So they're dealing with all these kinds of questions that are kind of rising and percolating. And, um, and so the publisher kindly rewrote my foreword and sent it back. And I read it, and it just made me laugh. Because I am totally not serious about all this stuff, Right? And I love showing my kids things when things go funny and sideways. And I'm looking at this, and I don't even recognize myself in it. And I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, this is funny. So I send an email to Jim and Matt, and I say, you know what? Maybe I'm not the guy for this because here's what they sent back. And I, I can't find me anywhere in here. And I get this really sweet email from Matt. And he says, Paul. Maybe there's a way to compromise here because you got to remember, we're dealing with Christians. It's baby steps. <laughs> when I understand and begin to comprehend that we've been included in this affection and that... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit included me, as Corinthians says, when he died, it all died. And when he rose, it all rose. Now, I get accused often of two things. I mean, if somebody has got 
comes from my family, my family tradition. And that is that I'm a universalist. That's normally number one. And uh, that's always an interesting question to talk about. So what do you think universalism is? Does it mean that everything was created in Christ? Is that universalism? If that's true, then I'm guilty. Because I don't think anything that has come into being has come into being apart from him, and everything is in, through, by, for, and through him, and sustained and held together by him, in him. There is nothing outside. Well, if universalism means that all things go to the same place, you know, and I, I kind of answered that in the shack in the sense that there's this, which is one of those, page 184 or 182, depending on your edition. People always said, so what do you mean by this? You know, and it was where Mackenzie point blank asked, so do all roads lead to Papa? And Jesus laughs and says, no, most roads don't lead anywhere, but I'll go down any road to find you. Which I thought was beautiful, but our paradigms are so powerful that people heard that and and they heard me say, so all roads, no, you say you go down any road. And I'll, let me tell you, I've been on some roads that I've kind of built myself. And he found me. He came and found me. And you have those triplet of parables where you have the Holy Spirit who is a woman who loses a coin because all the symbolism is light and lamps as she is looking for her coin. And then you have a shepherd who goes looking for the, his sheep, and you have a father who is waiting for his son. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, different ways that they engage us because even though they've included us, they're respectful of the fact that we can say no. My relationship with my children is conditional. My love for them is not. And it's necessarily conditional because they matter in the conversation. The way of our relationship is conditional, and it needs to be, even in my relationship with God, because He relates to me as a person. But the love is not. If we, being twisted up, know how to agape our children, it's the old word wicked, right? It means twisted up like wickerware. If we, being all twisted up, still know how to agape, love our children with other-centered, self-giving love, how much more? The Father. Come to me, all of you who are weary, heavy-laden, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. The verse before that, no one knows the Father. Come to me. No one knows. Jesus comes to reveal the heart and the affection and the love, the furious affection, the furious, fearless love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for you. You're the one. You're the one. You left the 99 to go find. I'm the one. You're the one. Mm -hmm.